I suck at intros, so um, tell me how are you how are you do, doing this morning? I'm doing really well. It's crazy because right now um, in Atlanta there are multiple protests going on um, due to another killing of an unarmed black man. So, I mean, I'm feeling good. I'm in good spirits, just trying to figure out what's going to happen to our city and see if it's going to be a repeat of Minneapolis. Yeah, I heard about the that that uh, that new shooting, the Rayshard Brooks shooting. Um, yeah, it is. Um, it is. It is tragic. Again, it's like, you know, uh, I really hope uh, we don't have to uh, go through this process again. But yeah. So um, to give a quick background, um, we, we're meeting for the first time. Uh, we actually met uh, through social media. Actually, I commented on the on a post you made. Um, if I'm not. I'm not. If I'm remembering remembering correctly, it was the post had something to do with. Um, you said uh, slavery still exists, and of course I said, um, well, yeah, of course it exists. You know, through the NCAA, you know, um, uh, prison labor through mass incarceration, and also uh, uh, the way um, these uh, big companies that that hire uh, labor from immigrants uh, while threatening with uh, threatening them with de deportation. Right. I mean, um, so yeah, I spoke about slavery still being legal in America. Um, partly because with all the protesting going on against police brutality, which I understand, but I just wanted to shine light on, it doesn't matter how much we protest against police brutality, the system still remains. Um, slavery is definitely still legal here. All the things that you mentioned are great points of slavery being legal, as well as the prison system. Um, when we have the Emancipation Proclamation, it supposedly ended slavery. Uh, in my opinion, it didn't end anything. It just changed the narrative. They made a 13th Amendment, which allowed slavery to still be legal um, as a punishment for a crime, meaning that anytime you go to jail, anytime you go to prison, you are now a slave in the, the eye of the law. Um, you can break it down even further and go into, like you said, the NCAA. We see athletes year after year after year. I believe Reggie Bush was just welcomed back into Florida State um, after, you know, USC. Yeah, USC. Yeah, I, I was a. Uh, I was actually. Uh, I actually was planning to bring that up to you. The Reggie Bush situation. Basically, he loves everything. You know what I mean? And he was like the best ever. And I just feel like it's so crazy that you want to be able to provide for your family. You know, get a little money in because a lot of those athletes they come from nothing, and the schools are making millions and millions of dollars. So I think that the NCAA is a great example of slavery still being legal here. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really weird, like, cause a lot, the ESPN always comes out with their uh, top three hundred recruits, um, and they're always, there's always always um, under the under the table money given handed out. Reggie Bush was just taking rent money for his for his family. It, it was. Can you believe that that they would literally strip you of everything for you having rent money for your family while you're you're giving the school millions of dollars? You know what I mean? It, yeah, and in in profession, and if that was a pro league, I, I say they got him for for that. That's the that's like one of the biggest discounts you could ever get a, a star a star player for. Reggie Bush has became the, the, the probably the greatest uh, college college, uh, college running back, and they then they find out he he just took, took that his family was receiving some rent money, so so they they couldn't wouldn't get evicted while he was at school. Not trying to buy jewelry, not trying to buy clothes. 
not trying to live a lavish lifestyle. His family is trying to have rent while their son is in college. You know, that's, that's ridiculous to me. And we see stories like that all of the time, you know? Yeah, and what fucked me up about it was what really uh, angered me about it was the um, they took his Heisman Trophy um, five years after he left school. So basically, that's how that's it's not all not, not only um, is it uh, wrong, it's it's also petty. Like, I think well, that they did it to, um, in my opinion, I feel like it was to set the standard to let anyone else know. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how big you are. It doesn't matter how much you bring in. It doesn't matter what you go on to do. We can strip you of everything. It's almost like a way to let incoming athletes know that don't fuck with us. You know what I mean? Like, we will take everything from you. It doesn't matter how far, how long it's been since you played for us at our university. I don't care if you're in the NFL. We can still strip you of your honors. And um, it's disgusting, quite frankly. It's, wor it's worse uh, for football players because uh, the NFL, the National Football League, has a rule. You have to be uh, two years removed from high school. And it's pr really hard to be two years removed from high school without going to college and being drafted into an NFL team. That's what a lot of basketball players are doing. You know, um, they're not drafting uh, basketball players out of high school anymore. So what they're doing is they're going to Europe because they don't want to be pimped out by the MCAA. Right. There's, um, I mean, if you think about it, there's pimping on every level. It doesn't matter what profession you're in. Like, you can talk about sports. I mean, there's so much going on, but it all comes down to living in a capitalist society. Um, a lot of times, that's either protesting, we want change, we want police reform, we want all of these things. But when you live in a capitalist society, it's kind of hard to have morals and ethics. Um, I don't believe that the system can be fixed because everything is about money. Everything is about how much money you can make. You can pay off anybody for anything. So at the end of the day, even as a black person, even as a Latina person, if you have a certain amount of money and you commit a crime, you can pay off whoever you need to, you know, to make the crime go away. It's all about money here. And growing up, we were always taught, um, I don't know about you, but in my middle school and elementary school, um, the word communist, like, was like a slur. It's like, you don't want to hear anything like that. Like teachers made it seem like the worst type of country to live in. You know, we praise America. We praise it for being like the land of the free, home of the brave, where you can make any of your dreams happen. But when you really look up under the table, it's like a lot of dirt going on, you know? Yeah, I watched the, um, uh, that point you brought up, uh, it's all about money. Uh, I watched the Meek Mill documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Amazon Prime. I watched it. And it really uh, says um, it really show exposes for how dirty the, uh, the the criminal justice system is, especially for people oh, of color. But gosh. also, they also mentioned it's uh, it's better you're better off being rich and guilty than innocent and poor. That's mm -hmm. that's basically that basically sums up the justice system. And yeah, and it's it's basically because okay, even if you're being innocent and you're poor, you're gonna get a public defender. The public defender's job isn't to prove your innocence, it's to bargain a plea with the DA. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter how innocent you are, they don't want to prove you innocent because there's no money being made off of the innocent case unless you're paying, you're paying for it. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because I had to go through a case of my own and I experienced firsthand paying the lawyer, seeing my lawyer go back and forth with the DA. And I'm pretty sure my lawyer is giving money to the DA. You know what I mean? He's funding his campaigns in order to get a, a more lenient sentence for me. So it's just, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. And sometimes my head spins because I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. 
trying to keep up with it because you feel like you're getting somewhere and you're doing good. And then another thing unfolds. You mentioning Meek Mill. Have you seen um, Jeffrey, uh, how do you say his name? Jeffrey Epstein? Epstein? Yeah, I haven't seen this documentary. I'm, I'm planning on checking it out. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but watch it. And it's just, it's going to blow your mind. There's so much sick things going on with our politicians, with people that we put in charge that we hope, you know, we have this sense of like, um, comfortability. We think that people above us are doing the right things and, you know, they're keeping order and there's so much under the table things going on. Sex trafficking, um, minors, you know what I mean? Drug cartels, but it's really the government. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it is pretty, it is pretty insane, especially, um, I forgot what point I was uh, about to bring up, but yeah, it's um, it, when you when you can be um, you shouldn't be. It's kind of messed up how you could be so powerful to the point where rules don't apply to you. Right. Yeah, and the thing about I, I don't know I, I haven't watched the documentary, but I think I've heard enough um about Jeffrey Epstein that uh that we don't the fact that we don't know enough should be uh should tell us how that that we, we know enough about him. Like, no one knows how he got his money. No one knows how he became a billionaire. No one knows how he, he was able to, to get away with all this. Mm -mm. And um, for me, what I always like to talk and talk about, and I tell my followers all the time, there's always going to be bad in the world. There's so much going on that we can't control. There's so many things that are just moving in motion that literally, no matter how much we try, like, we can't control it. We can't stop it. The only thing that we can control um, are our actions. You know, I tell people all the time, try to have positive intentions, try to be a positive person because we live in a dark, dark world. But we live in a world that is what we make it. And so a lot of the times if my perspective is positive and I'm happy and I'm in a good place, the world to me is in a good place. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty outside. I can hear the birds. I see people smiling. I see people doing good in their community. But when I'm walking around and I have all of this on my mind and I'm dark, I see the darkness of the world even more. And so it's kind of like, for me, it's more so balancing like who I am and trying to just see the good in the world because I mean, it's never gonna be perfect. There's always gonna be evil people. It's always gonna be, you know, people that choose to be wrong unless it became a society where you kill people for like doing certain things, you know, and I don't ever see that happening. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> so, so uh, speaking on that, uh, like one thing, one thing I want uh, wanted to talk to you about, like, um, what what do you feel like are challenges? You know, of course, we all, as people of color, I'm a person of color, I'm Latino, but uh, of, of course, we all have our own challenges. But what do you feel like is a specific uh, a, a certain challenge that uh, women of color have to have to deal with? Um, for me. As a woman of color, a huge challenge that I face every day is, for one, being able to keep my identity. It doesn't matter where I go to work, where I apply. I get better results if my hair is straighter. You know what I mean? Like, if it's done a certain way, if I look a certain way. So for one thing, it's being able to keep my identity and be comfortable with it. That's one of my biggest challenges. The second huge challenge as a woman of color is the structure of our family. I grew up with a family with no men in sight, literally, like no men, whether it's prison, whether it's they left their kids or whatever, there's no men. So as a woman of color, I feel like we're always having to be stronger 
Um, we don't really know our place as far as being a woman because you're having to take on the role of a woman and a man. And so I think it's kind of harder for me to even grow up and become a young lady because I've had to be forced and focused on doing so much other things. You know what I mean? So that's really hard. Um, another thing is just lack of resources. Um, I think as a woman of color, it's a little bit easier for us than it is for a man because as a woman, period, we can get our way a little bit better with things by using you know, our looks or our bodies, our charm. You know, It's a little bit easier for us, but there's a lack of resource and I feel like there's a lack of hope. Um, I grew up seeing everyone pregnant before 17, literally, you know, people dropping out of high school for having children. And so, um, yeah, those would be, I'd say, my top four things. Um, the family construct, lack of resources, um, keeping my identity intact, and a lack of hope. And I'm pretty sure yours will probably be way different than mine because you're a guy. You, know, you probably have different experiences. Yeah, I have that. Um, I, I, I um try to be try to maintain a healthy level of awareness i try to be aware of my own privilege i'm like yeah i'm latino but damn like this is like you ever like look at the mirror for a very long time for some reason late at night before i'm brushing I'm, I'm looking in the mirror for a long time while brushing my teeth and i'm like wow i don't have to i don't have to give birth i don't have to worry about being assaulted at any workplace mostly and then like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm raised i, I have I, re I'm, I was raised by women. My father, you know, I, you know, my father made me the man I am today. But, but thank God, because um, I was raised by women. You know, it was either my mother. Uh, I have five sisters. Um, and when when my parents were working, over the, I, I always stayed the weekend over at grandma's house while grandpa was working. And when when she couldn't take care of me, my aunt pitched in. My uh, my tia Glenda, my uh, tia tia Luz, uh, they pitched in. So basically, I was raised with women and like. Then, like to be to maintain uh, some level of of awareness, uh, I've got to realize that like it ain't easy for them them either, and it's maybe even right. harder. Like there's no there's no th bigger threat to a woman uh, than than a man. Which and you is... said you said something there when you said sexual assault because being a woman of color, whether you're black, Latina, it doesn't matter if you have color and you're a woman. If you're raped, you're assaulted, you're drugged of any type of nature. It's so hard for you to even talk about it. You know what I mean? For you to get it proven, for, for there to be an investigation, for someone to look into it because it's dismissed. You know what I mean? When rather if you're white and you even make a claim, it's like all hands on deck. So women of color really have it hard as far as sexual assault, kidnapping, like our numbers stagger in comparison to any, any other race. It's, you know, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when you said that, I'm like, dang, that's true. Sorry. Yeah, but like then again, there's like no uh bigger threat to a woman than than another man, which uh mathematically possible, you know, your date you're going I'm going on a date with a girl and she says, Where's this going? Probably to your death. I don't know, that's where the odds look at it. No. But no. no, I'm I'm a, I'm sorry, that's uh Did you see the the young lady though, now that you're speaking on that? She was a young black woman. I won't say her name because I don't want to say the wrong name, but she literally was um out protesting needed some help and ended up being sexually assaulted and she's a black woman and it's just like in the midst of all this protesting i've been having to say wow we can't say we want justice and we want peace and our women are literally being assaulted you know what i mean on a day-to-day -day basis it's like like you said there, there literally is no bigger threat to a woman than a man seriously <laughs> yes um 
like I said, we're the number one cause of I have a question for you. What's up? Okay. With you being light-skinned, how has it been for you as far as to understand your privilege or for you to speak on certain things or, like, for you to not, like, do you ever feel like you can't speak on certain things because you're going to get backlash or people are going to be looking at you crazy or your your view is invalid because I've had to deal with that. Oh no! I I, listen, I stand by the side of my with my black brothers and sisters. You know, I I, I preach this all the time: black love, brown pride. You know, um, right. I'm not I'm not one of these people saying I have a lot of black friends. Uh, that's not what I'm saying, but uh, that's not what I like to say because I know that's gonna portray me as a racist. But um, I still I still like I know the way I look. Um, I'm Mexican and half I'm half Mexican, half Salvadorian, all Latino. Uh, my mother's um my mother looks Indian. Like I have uh, my, I have ancestry uh, of native uh, na native ancestry. You know, I uh, probably uh, have, I'm, descendant, I'm a descendant of Aztec warriors. But yeah, but like I know how I look. Um, probably there's there's some Spanish in here, um, which explains why. And like I'm I'm kind of uh, upset about it. I like to joke a lot a lot about it. Uh, I'm what they call undercover white. Um, I can like. Only, only other Latinos can could look at me and say, "Oh yeah, he's one, he's he's one of us." But like, um, I look, I look Italian as fuck. That's why um, I look like. Well, see, I couldn't guess, so I didn't want to guess. Like, I was like, I'll let him tell me. Like, I'm like trying yeah. to figure out. Yeah, but I know, um, I know, I have some, I have more privilege because of how I look. Um, uh, of course, if I stand in the sun too long, I do get a little darker, and I look. That's where you see the the, the bit of native nativism in me but but yeah it is what it is you know I, as long as you know i get i know i know i look and i try to like i said i try to be aware of it you know right. but I, I always um I, i'm all for the um because i'm i'm proud to be latino uh i have mex i have mexico jerseys up every time the every time the world cup is on i have my, my mexican jerseys hanging up in my wall um i have a mexico jersey and uh, i've also I have a salvador jersey even though the team sucks but uh, yeah, it is what it is. What it is. I'm proud, and I stand, and I stand by my, uh, by my. Uh, I see, I see these. Uh, I see my, um, my black brothers and sisters as, as my allies. You know, uh, we got to stick together. Right. I'm, I mean, I'm very happy you think like that because it's already hard enough. If you live in America, like I think that's one of the biggest divides that we have to conquer. It's not a black and white thing. I feel like all people of color literally have to deal with some type of a struggle. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your background is. If you have color, like, yeah, okay, you're fair skinned. So, of course, you're going to have a little more privilege. But you still see on a day-to-day -day basis what's going on. You're aware. You know. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you don't, you're not blind to it. And I feel like all people of color should be able to band together and say, hey, this isn't right. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't just have to be a black and white issue. When, when, like, like when racism goes, uh, go, go, seems to, like, die down a bit, it, it, and then colorism tries to go up. I don't know if you've seen, there's a lot of fighting uh, on the, on social media, Twitter and Instagram about uh, colorism. You know, uh, yeah. dark dark skin dark skin women uh, and and dark skin uh, people in general and light skin and they saying you know, all these like these. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. oh no, that's that's why I asked you that because amidst all the protesting, there has now turned into um, you know color skews. And me being a light skinned woman, 
especially been raised in the South, like I've seen firsthand, like, okay, yes, I know very well that I'm, I'm lighter skinned. I know that I'm a black woman though. You know what I mean? It's very hard when you're in the middle because I have darker siblings. And so it's like growing up and me seeing, okay, like how someone will interact with me versus how one will interact with my browner brother. It fucks you up in the head. You know what I mean? It makes you feel crazy because now you're, you're feeling like, what do I do? And so for me, it's always like, I think I'm always going so hard and trying so hard to enlighten people, talk about facts, bring awareness because, you know, it's, it's sad to see. It's crazy. And I think as a light-skinned woman, the only thing that I can do is listen to the conversation, listen to people's views who have darker skin tones, understand how they feel, you know what I mean? Try not to get offended, try to listen to them, but it has to be a two-way street. It has to go the same way because just because you're lighter, it doesn't mean that you haven't felt injustices as well, you know? Yeah. Um, I know you can't tell right now because I'm using curtain lighting. I don't have a light. Um, I'm pretty, uh, I look, I look darker than I do on camera. Um, uh, but I feel like you know, we're about have, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember playing football. Uh, when I was playing football, you know, I, I, during the winter time, I, I had a long sleeve, you know, my helmet was on and they, and I was wearing number 81 and there was like people in the stands say, Hey, who's that light skin dude play, uh, wearing number 81? And then I took off my helmet and they see my hair flowing and, <laughs> and then it was like, oh, damn, he's, but, you know, it's, yeah, that is a, another big problem, and like you said, I also have family members that are, are darker than me, that, um, you know, Mexican uh, culture, you know, um, the thing about Mexican, uh, uh, the Mexican culture is like, um, there was, the Spanish uh, were take, uh, took, took over Mexico, uh, the, the Spaniards, the conquistadors, while the uh, English settlers t took over the, um, the Americas, you know, with Jamestown and everything. But, you know, it was the conquistadors that came into Mexico. They, the mission wasn't really to, uh, their mission wasn't really to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to murder everyone like the, like the American natives, like the Cherokee and the Native Americans that were living uh, on this side. But well, when the conquistadors came to, to, to Mexico, uh, to, to what is now known as Mexico, uh, they, uh, they were, the mission was more to convert into Catholicism, to, to set up missionaries. And it also and also rape uh, rape the women and they killed the men but rape the women. It, it wasn't really kill everyone. It wasn't really uh, as much as as a mass murder, a mass genocide, more of a, a mass uh, mass pillage and a mass conversion. So right. that's where that's why um like that's why in Mexico like we 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 maintained our you know our our our, our, our you know melanin our dark dark skin tone. Uh, I think uh, there's some Spanish on my dad's side. Uh, so there's, I'm, pre I'm pretty sure there's also uh, uh, some 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 Aztec in there, you know. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I, um, you know, I try to educate myself on the um, on the uh, on the history of my people. That's why I, I left. Uh, uh, I'm not I'm not Catholic anymore. I don't follow the faith anymore because it was uh, given to me by the uh, by the people who who stole our land. Same with me for Christianity, you know, like I'm all about love. I'm all about spirituality, but I, I don't follow the religion. Uh, you ever read up on uh, Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X? Mm -hmm. They uh, changed their last names uh, because it was, not only was it given to them by slaves, not only that, they converted to Islam because mm -hmm. the, like uh, D.L. Hughley says, the same people that gave you the N-word are uh, the same people who gave you God. So yeah. 
How can you praise it? Yeah, yeah. So that's why um my 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 family it, it's too late for my family. My father's sixty two. My mother's fifty fifty two. Um, right. my um uh, they're uh it's too late for them. They're 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 stuck in their ways. They were they grew up on the book. My father read the Bible over and over again. So so my mother went to church uh ever since she was a little girl. I I don't I don't go to church, you know, because ever since they moved to America, you know, it's always well they haven't uh they've always kept working. But you know um. It kind of messed me up when I found out I was being raised Catholic. Then I found out the, then I went to history class uh, in high school and found out uh, not everybody in the world is Catholic. Uh, then there, there's Muslim, there's Jews, and there's, there's right. Jewish, there's Bo uh, Buddhist. And I was like, like then who's right? Who, wh like, who's right? Uh, which one of these people are right? Then I, then I go, go back, oh, Catholicism was brought in. The Aztecs were actually... You know, we had gods, you know, we prayed to the moon, the sun, we were scientists, mm -hmm. we invented the number zero. We were actually advanced in space, in studying space. And that was yes, all taken, taken away from us. They, um, it's so crazy you said that because, okay, so my family was raised under the nation of Islam on my mom's side. So I have a grandmother on my dad's side who's super Christian, and then my grandmother, my mom's mom. Um, nation of Islam so it was two extreme different beliefs but just like you said how your people smart advanced knew all of these things it's a trend so when someone takes over land they strip the people of everything literally everything their beliefs their knowledge um, like you said they kill the men they break the women like they strip them of everything and they brainwash people into a new set of life a new set of beliefs to make people think that the people that took them over are smarter, you know, are nicer. Like I, it's, it's so crazy to me because growing up all of my life from being young, I looked at America as my home. You know, I knew the American flag, like from, from pre-K. And by the time I got to history class, I believe it was like third grade and they started teaching us about the civil war and we started going on field trips and I was going on field trips to like slave houses and things and plantations it boggled my mind that I'm celebrating 4th of July and I'm celebrating this and I'm, and I'm saluting an American flag and the history that you're showing me and you're saying it's history is still present day and it's bad history. It's like, how can I support this? How can I say, oh yeah, this is so great. And you're literally telling me that y'all came and you slaughtered people. Like we only speak about slavery. We don't even talk about the massacre of the indigenous people that were here. Like this was their land and they were literally slaughtered and then pushed off to like small little reservations, you know? It's, it's just crazy when you grow up and you realize all of these things. And it's just like, you know, you're kind of just thinking, like you said, like, who's right? It makes me just want to travel the world, you know, open my mind up to different cultures, see different things out there, learn new religions, you know, just be around different types of people because there has to be more than this. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I started this podcast because I'm a, um, I want to be. I want to be a uh, comedian. Uh, I'm a comedian, and you know, uh, you know, everything shut down. I couldn't do stand up, uh, so I, I started this podcast. But most of my comedy is through pain. Most of my comedy, I, I talk about st stuff. Um, uh, it, it's exact. Of course, it's exaggeration, but you know, um, it's most about uh, mostly about uh, what I learned. Like I have this one joke I, I wrote. Um, you know, uh, Mexico, of course. Uh, freed their slaves voluntarily no war mexico we just let them go we just bought slavery and the joke i wrote was the punchline was 
we let them go because we realized we could pick fruit ourselves. And <laughs> that was, uh, that was like, as soon as I wrote that, I know, like, I know we're, we're, we're talking serious right now, but like, you know, it's, it, but we're trying to get them to stay serious right now. But like, of course that's where then like, that comes from like our knowledge of it. Uh, then, then we, then uh, we live here in America. Uh, slaves built this country, and Mexicans just maintained it for the past for the, for mm -hmm. the past hundred years. Mm -hmm. That's so, it. Because if you think about it, like right now, um, okay. So speaking on Trump, him saying build a wall, build a wall, build a wall, and he's telling all of his supporters, and they're so happy, and they're ha ha. Okay, but the joke is. First of all, there's no wall that can keep anybody out of this country. I don't know what he's talking about when he says a wall. Second of all, all of these white people that are so happy to say build a wall, if you look around, their cleaning lady is Hispanic. Their gardener is Hispanic. Their manicurist, like anything that they need done is from someone that's of another origin. No one is American. You get what I mean? Like if every, if all of us literally left this country, white people wouldn't be able to do anything. There are a few of them, but the mass majority, like it would fall to shambles. Um, for one, we talk about slavery. Okay, indentured servants. All of the immigrants, as they say, that come over, I look at them as indentured servants because they're here, they're working for damn near nothing, literally. You know, they, they manipulate them to say like, we're gonna deport you or, you know, we're gonna send you back. They talk to people like shit, like they're nothing. And they're literally making our country billions and billions of dollars, billions. There's lawmakers right now that wanna talk about illegal immigration and talk about all of these things and say all of these horrible things about immigrants. Meanwhile, they're the ones in charge of the legislation allowing people to come here and do this type of work for no money. You know what I mean? Like they are allowing these farmers to hire these people. They're the ones pushing these laws. They're the ones giving them federally backed money that us as taxpayers pay for. It's so crazy to me. I, you also reminded me of another thing I written. Um, of course, you know, uh, the way uh, a, lot of, a lot of the um, crime that goes on in Mexico is because of the United States. Because oh, yeah. like marijuana is illegal in a lot of states here. That jacked the price up. That's allowing the Mexican cartels to make their profit and to exist and to remain powerful in, in Mexico. But yeah, the way, um, like I said, you know, the, the wall, they say it's already under construction, but the way 2020 is going, by the time they finish it, we're going to be the ones going up that wall. Whew, you said something <laughs> there. And these folks talking about a wall and they're talking about drugs, this, drugs, that. Like, we don't know who brings the drugs over here. That's not, that's not going to change anything. You want to know why? Because the way my father uh, uh, became a citizen, uh, he, he, had a, he had a passport. He lived in a border town. And he just visited here on vacation while getting his paperwork ready. Like every three days, he'd stop by. And while they were getting uh, his paperwork, while they were getting all these stuff ready, he was just going back every three days saying, yeah, I'm here for a three-day vacation, if you know what I mean. And yeah, he's really, he's really just, he's really here just getting a uh, visiting, visiting per se. And just most, most of it, that wasn't going to stop nothing. Um, the wall is, the wall is irrelevant. The wall is just for his supporters that are ignorant, that just want to blame someone and want something to talk about because he knows himself 
the wall has nothing to do with anything, literally. That's just like how I can't stand when people talk about the Iraqi wars and they talk about 9-11 and they talk about how, you know, brown people are so evil and this and that. Like, we are the ones doing everything to these countries. We go, we steal everyone's natural resources. We go, we try to govern land that isn't ours. Like, I, I literally, I can't comprehend it. I don't understand. Like, even when they say, like, respect our soldiers, salute the flag. Do these soldiers even know what they're fighting for? Because to me, I look at Americans, and I mean this in the most serious way. I look at us as terrorists. I look at our country as a country full of terrorists. Like, we call every other country, like, oh, they're, they're terrorizing us. They're terrorists. They're coming trying to blow us up. We started it. Look at how our country started, you know what I mean? And we're still doing it to other people. Like, we're literally terrorists, and I'm ashamed to be an American. I say it all the time. Like, it's embarrassing. Yeah, we, we are an empire. <laughs> we, um, we went to war uh, with the wrong country on purpose just for oil. And just for oil. And, and if you say that to, a, to someone that has a soldier in their family, They'll break down crying. They'll tell you how you're so disrespectful for not worshiping the people that protect us and keep us, you know, the land of the free. It's, man, it's embarrassing. That's, that, that's what made George W. Bush a war criminal. You used 9-11 to go to war with Iraq, even though they had nothing to nothing do to with do it. Nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. And people can say what they want about Donald Trump. The one thing I can say is I am happy that he has became our president because all the presidents before him thought the same way that he does. They say the same exact thing. They're just not bold enough to say it on camera. And people have been living a lie to think that anything has changed and that, you know, people actually care. And by him being our president, it's literally showing people, hey, dang, I need to really look into what's going on because if this is who's in charge and he's saying this stuff, it makes you think, who's, who's on our legislative branch? Who are these people that are writing our laws? You know what I mean? Like, let's take a deeper look into it because he has literally shown us what a lot of people genuinely believe and say and think of people of color. I was, um, I was critical of Obama because of his uh, immigration policy. Then again, I don't blame him. Uh, here's how bad Donald Trump is. I was critical of Obama. Um, I thought he would, he did pretty, uh, he, I, I thought he did what he could do, but like, I, I didn't think he did enough. But then Trump came and I was like, he just made Obama look so good. Like Obama deported us, but he didn't say, uh, break up, didn't break up the families and put it, put our kids in cages. That's what really um, did it for me. I was like, at least, at least on the, like they say Obama deported more immigrants than uh, deported more uh, immigrants than any other president, uh, presidential administration. And that was yes, because probably because uh, the, when the uh, Bush administration ended, he the economy was down. You had soldiers in you were uh, the so, um, soldiers in 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 the country that you can't can't pull out. You also the like I said, the economy was sh like shitty. It was we were in the recession, almost like so close to being in another depression. And right. like you get this broken down country, uh, everything is everything is on fire and you expect this guy to fix it in eight years. And what, like what people don't bring out is that, uh, Obama's, um, immigration, uh, deportation numbers were going down by the end of his administration. And at least the only difference is when you get deported under the Obama administration, you, you, you at least get to try again. Like your family, 
your entire family gets sent back and you're dropped off at the at the line. And you know, it's um it's crazy because for me, like I've never experienced, like I don't know anyone that's ever been deported. And it's I mean, I'm from Macon, Georgia, um, growing up, like I didn't even know like those aren't questions that ever came up. Like I never knew if someone was an immigrant, you know what I mean? Like I <laughs> excuse me, it's crazy because you never like like I said, as a child, you don't you don't think of any of those things. You're just a child growing up. You just see people that look different than you. You make friends, you know your your classmates' names. Like you don't think about like, hey, so my classmate have to fear being deported. Like, you know, you never think about any of these things. And the older I get, the more stories I hear. It's just um it's sad and it's crazy because we had a chance at a president who had no money from outside influences, which was Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders, to me, was the best hope that we had as far as moving towards a society in America that could be better than its past. The reason that Bernie Sanders, I think they sabotaged him both times that he was oh, yeah, president because they knew that with him as a president, things would change. Obama, yay, we had our first black president, but Obama had a lot of money coming in from outside sources. So even as a president, you don't get to do exactly what you want to do once you start taking funding from people. Trump, he on the he other hand- He over Wall Street. Oh, God. Like he said, he took money from Wall Street, you know, maybe like Wall Street was like, maybe he'll help us out, uh, he'll bail us out. But now he fucked them over. He, he passed some Wall Street, he passed Wall Street reform. Uh, then it's in second election. They didn't give him as much. Yeah, he fucked them over again. It's like, you know, people just have to know, like, politics is a very dirty game. It's very, very dirty. Like, it's it's so dirty. And that's why people don't like Trump, because he has so much money that, and, like, his his allies have so much money that, there's really not anything that he needs from anyone else. So he can just do what he wants to do. And I really have been talking about this for the longest. As soon as the coronavirus, um, they started telling us about it in America, because I had already started seeing about it last November. And I was talking to my followers, I'm like, hey, y'all need to start doing some research, some things going on out here in the world. When they started telling us about it in February, at the exact moment that they started broadcasting it to us in the United States and making it this widespread panic, um, Vladimir Putin was voting, he had his constituents voting on a law that would allow him to run again for presidency. And if it was passed, it would make him the longest reigning regime since Joseph Stalin. And the way he was able to do it was his country was in an economic unrest. It was like basically like a recession. And so it was unstable. And so he was able to go ahead and propose a new law. And it's crazy because I don't know if you saw this, but I think it was like a year ago, Trump's campaign, his reelection campaign, he had Trump signs like 2020, 2024, 2028. It was like a long line of Trump just after and after and after. And so I really have been feeling like this whole time this coronavirus has been to reset our economy, you know, to put us in a recession, to, to just make us unstable. And as you've seen, it's impacted our voting. It's impacted so much on these political rallies. Like people haven't been able to campaign like they needed to, and now they're talking about mailing in ballots. So I'm almost 100% guaranteed that we're gonna have another term of Trump. 
what even do you think? If, even if he loses, he's he's not gonna be. Uh, he's gonna lock himself in that house and just have a standoff. Like, we're gonna have him again. Like he's not. But if, like, it, it's growing such a fear. Uh, uh, it's growing such fear in in with my people in my community. I have a, I have a cousin. You know, his both his parents are from El Salvador. They name he's he's a baby, but they named him Jason because they're afraid that he will be treated differently because of because his of his yeah because of his heritage i have a cousin born in el salvador sorry about that i have a cousin born in el salvador uh his name is anderson they're giving our uh, i have another cousin named christian i have uh, is growing such fear in our community that we're breaking tradition in order to appease in order uh, as in order to survive like in the in this country in this culture because we're it's all it's all survival yeah that's um that's similar to like having a super black name and you're not wanting to use your name like on a job interview or application because you feel like they're not even going to give you an interview because of your name you know what i mean like they're automatically going to assume like oh there's this black ass you know what i mean like that's how people think so that's very sad to hear um Wow, it's just crazy when you really talk to people and you realize like what's going on in your community, you know, how your people are feeling because a lot of the times we're so stuck in our own bubble and seeing all that we have to face and go through that you don't even realize like, damn, like y'all have it bad too. You know what I mean? Like, and not just your community, Asians, um, you know, like I just feel like anyone that comes over to America, if you have color to you, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. Yeah. And um, I just wanna get to a point where, because, okay, so I really don't know my heritage. Like, I know who my mom is, I know who my dad is, I know who my family is, but I don't really know, like, where we come from. You know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of people that live here that are like that. Like, we don't know where we're from. Like, I don't know how to trace back and see, like, exactly, like, who I am or what I am. And it's crazy because they say like ancestry.com and I tell people all the time, don't use that. Like don't use that website. Do not go on there because they're taking people's DNA and they're convicting people of crimes that they haven't convicted, like they haven't committed. So it's like, for me, I'm trying to go on this journey to exactly figure out who I am. So I think it's like, I'm always jealous of people that come over here and they actually know their roots because I'm like, geez, like you at least know like where you're from. Like you, you have heritage. Like how you said, like your family's breaking its heritage. Like, at least you know heritage, you know what I mean? Like there's so many people we don't even know. Like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I, I hope I know, um, I haven't really taken, I, I'm pretty sure there's like some Turkish immigrant in there's some Turkish immigrant in there um, that went to Mexico <laughs> at some point, but, but yeah, look, I appreciate you coming on here, you know, uh, uh, to, oh yeah, our time's up. I'm just rambling on. <laughs> yeah, I, no, it's it's cool. Um, I appreciate you coming on here. You know, to have a conversation that was uh, much needed. Uh, calling uh, calling you from Atlanta. Um, that's it's uh, again. I really appreciate you coming on here. Anything you want to say before we wrap this up? Um. Yeah, I just like to say thank you for having me on. Thank you for having an open, intelligent conversation with me. Um, we need more of these. And also to anyone that's out here that's watching, y'all stay positive, stay bright. 
And um, as always, just be yourself, love yourself, and always put love out into the universe. It will come back to you. All right. Diamond, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. Bye.